sitting there thinking as you find your place in the book of Philippians. That's really what Paul was saying throughout this little book. Um, as he wrote from prison, uh, as he was dealing with the possibility of, uh, of, uh, of execution, uh, he says, no matter what, I choose Christ. Uh, and that's how he had the joy uh, that he had. And that is the lesson, uh, I believe, of the book of Philippians, that if we choose Christ, uh, we have joy uh, no matter uh, our circumstance. Uh, I skipped over a moment ago. I'm, I'm going to lose my Baptist credentials. Uh, I skipped over the offering. Uh, the offering plates are there on the table uh, as you go out. Most of you know that by now. Uh, or, again, you can text the word POPLAR uh, to 73256. I think most everybody uh, has the offering uh, figured out uh, obviously better than I do now. And so uh, thank you for that, and thank you for uh being uh, faithful. Uh, Philippians chapter 1 this morning. Philippians chapter 1. We'll be starting today uh, in the 12th verse and looking at uh, Paul uh, writing uh, again. Uh, and you, you could very well say what uh, the words of that song just said. Paul was saying, I choose Christ. Uh, and urging uh, those in the Philippian church to choose Christ uh, as well. And so this morning I want to speak to you on, uh, on this topic, the growth of the gospel. Uh, if you've ever, and I'm not exactly encouraging you to do it because um, there's parts of it that are just quite frankly boring. Uh, but um, uh, if you've ever studied church history, um, you know it is an amazing journey that the gospel has taken uh, to be where it is today. Uh, to begin with just uh, a handful of disciples, um, 11 to be exact, uh, and then to begin to spread out uh, and become the, the worldwide uh, movement uh, that it has become. And we, uh, it, it's honestly, uh, again, quite puzzling, amazing uh, to understand and see what, uh, how the gospel spread. Uh, again, Paul in prison uh, in spite of uh, the adversity uh, that it has faced. Uh, in spite of persecution. In fact, uh, in many instances, if you go over church history, uh, you discover that the more it was persecuted, uh, the more they tried to silence the gospel, uh, the more uh, it spread. Uh, and Paul's case here is he wrote uh, to the Philippians from a Roman uh, house arrest, Roman imprisonment, uh, is the perfect example of that. Uh, and Paul's going to talk about that off and on uh, through this gospel uh, and specifically in the text uh, that we look at this morning. One of the things uh, that I think this text points out to us uh, is I, I have learned, um, especially when it comes to church, um, but um, in many things, uh, if we'll go back to the original. Now, I, I like technology and I like some of the modern things. I'm a huge fan of air condition. Uh, you know, uh, there, there are a lot of things that uh, are modern that I really like. Uh, 
but there are some things when it comes to church uh, that I think we need to go, uh, we, we look back to the original model uh, and say, well, it just don't get no better than that. That's, you know, that's the way it was done, and that's the way we ought to continue to do it. Uh, and when it comes to the expansion of the gospel, uh, when it comes to proclaiming the Word of God uh, and seeing kingdom growth, uh, what Paul talks about here, uh, three things that he's going to discuss uh, or show us uh, that, are, that tell us how the gospel spread in the early church, uh, I believe is still the best way uh, to spread the gospel today, uh, to see the kingdom of God uh, advance. And I hope everybody in this room, uh, everybody joining us online will say that's what we want to see. We want to see the kingdom uh, expanded. We want to see, uh, we want to see the kingdom of God grow. We want to see new people brought into the kingdom, coming to know Jesus Christ, being baptized, becoming followers, uh, disciples of Him. Well, here are three ways that will happen. And I would go so far as to say probably the only three ways they're going to happen. And so we're going to talk about here the growth of the gospel. Look with me as we begin in Philippians uh, here, uh, beginning in uh, verse uh, 12, as uh, Paul begins to talk uh, about this expansion. I, I want to uh, give me a few more minutes of introduction here. Paul uses the word gospel nine times in four chapters. And he uses, I don't even know the count uh, of how many times he uses things, statements like preach the word. Uh, in some other way, uh, he says the gospel. And by gospel, he means the death, burial, and resurrection uh, of Jesus Christ. And he says that is uh, our task. That is uh, our job. And Paul, uh, through his, even through his imprisonment, is preaching the gospel. Paul was uh, utterly fixed on the proclaiming of the gospel. Uh, and, and that is one of the uh, key things that uh, I think needs to be restored uh, in the church and the life of believers uh, is a fixation uh, on the proclaiming of the gospel. Uh, in the church, in the modern church, we have uh, got our attention uh, on a, a lot of things, and not necessarily bad things. Uh, but uh, as uh, the book, The Good to Great, uh, if, you, if you've ever read that book, if you haven't, I would encourage it. Uh, he says the enemy of great is good. The enemy of great is good. We sometimes settle for good things and miss the great things. And I believe today that in many ways the church uh, has settled for the good things. We, uh, we want to have programs. We want to have um, uh, all kinds of meetings and organizations and, uh, and events, and we have settled for the good when we have the great. And the great is the proclaiming of the gospel. And that's why I shared with you a while back as we began, uh, hopefully uh, as uh, corona begins to subside and uh, the numbers begin to decline, to go back to that statement. We're going to focus in three places. Gather grow and go. Those three things. We're going to gather. While we gather, we're going to grow in our own discipleship and our own walk with the Lord. And then we're going to go and we're going to make disciples. That's our, uh, our task. And so he shares with us these three ways uh, that we can spread the gospel. Notice what they are uh, as we begin 
Uh, again, looking at this, uh, this method, look what Paul says to us in verse 12. He says, I want you to know. I want you to know. Don't, don't forget. Don't miss this, he says, brothers, that what has happened to me has served, really served to advance the gospel. So that it has become known throughout the whole uh, praetorium or imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is in Christ and most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. First thing Paul says, the gospel has, again, I mentioned it a moment ago, was spreading and has always spread through various circumstances. Paul says, I have preached all over Asia. I have started churches. We know he was writing to the church at Philippi uh, that he had uh, been instrumental in, Galatia, uh, Ephesus, uh, all those places. He says, I've been all those places. I've been in, I've preached, and I've started churches. And we know from reading uh, in, uh, in Paul's writings and in the book of Acts uh, that Paul had wanted to go to Rome. Paul had desired to go to Rome and preach and start a church there. Uh, but what happened was uh, that Paul, uh, on a trip to Jerusalem, made some enemies who ended up, uh, and I'm wrapping up a bunch of history here, uh, who ended up arresting Paul, putting him in uh, chains. Paul ultimately, by being a Roman citizen, uh, he appealed to, uh, to be taken to Caesar, uh, and so he was taken to Rome in chains. He got to Rome all right, but he didn't get there. Uh, he planned on going on, on horseback or something, uh, on sandal, and instead he went in chains. Instead, uh, he went uh, as a prisoner and, and was put uh, on what we would call today uh, house arrest to begin with, uh, a waiting trial for uh, no less than two years uh, was he in that condition. And Paul says, you know what? Even in this situation, the gospel has been advancing. Even in this situation, the gospel uh, has been advancing. What we uh, can piece together, uh, what we can uh, gather from uh, the evidence, uh, we know that Paul uh, was chained to two Roman guards, which uh, switched every few hours, all day long, every day. I don't think you have to be a, a genius to figure out if you've read the New Testament, any of the New Testament, if you've read what I just read to you, uh, you don't have to be real smart uh, to know what Paul talked to those Roman guards about. I don't think Paul spent a whole lot of time discussing the weather. I don't think Paul spent a great bit of time discussing the seasons, the holidays, what the family was up to, those kind of things. Those poor, unsuspecting Roman guards heard about Jesus till they were sick, and then they heard about Jesus some more till they were better, till they were over it. There is no other explanation for how the gospel spread into some of the corners of Rome where it went other than those guards that were chained to Paul were hearing the gospel, accepting Jesus Christ, and then going back home telling their family who then accepted the gospel, who then went to other family members, who then went to other family members, all because Paul was faithful even in those circumstances. Even though he was in prison, 
But not only that, Paul says in that passage, he says that there were the brothers. Notice that. He says, my brothers are getting bold in proclaiming the gospel. Paul says the, 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 the brethren here in Rome are hearing about how I am proclaiming the gospel even while imprisoned, even to the Roman guards, and they're saying, well, if Paul can do it, we can do it. And they began to carry the gospel. They began to be bold and carried the gospel to work and carried the gospel to the community meetings, carried the gospel back home, carried the gospel to their neighbor. Why? Because one man was faithful in whatever circumstance he found himself in. One man was faithful to tell people about Jesus Christ no matter where he found himself. Whether he was preaching on Mars Hill, whether he was planting a church in Philippi, or whether he was on house arrest in Rome, Paul proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ. The question for the church today is, and I think right here is one of the key elements of why we don't see the gospel growing like it has at other times, is because many who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ are not taking advantage of the circumstances they find themselves in. I was talking to a, uh, uh, I heard about it, I actually didn't talk to him, but I heard this story from, from a fellow pastor friend of mine who had somebody knock on his door and, uh, at the church one day last week and said they needed some gas. So there's a gas station uh, pretty much beside the church, uh, near the church. They went down to get some gas, and uh, he was smart enough rather than giving the money. He went down and, and, and was pumping gas in his car for him. And he turned to the man and he said, You know, anybody can meet your physical need, but let me tell you about somebody that can meet a bigger need than that. And began to witness to him and tell him about Jesus Christ. And standing there at pump three, the, that, that fellow asked Jesus Christ into his heart. Listen, I want to tell you something. We've got to learn to take advantage of whatever circumstance God puts us in. We've got to be willing to share the gospel, the good news. We have got to be fixated on that gospel in the workplace, in the home, in our neighborhood, in the grocery store, wherever we go. Whenever God opens up that door, we've got to be willing to walk through and proclaim the gospel. Paul says, I'm doing it in jail. I've done it all over the Middle East. I've done it, uh, I'm doing it now in jail. And because of that, these men, and listen, when he says my brothers are, are proclaiming the gospel, let, let's, let's talk about that for just a moment. Paul was in prison for preaching the gospel. These men on the street now who are being brave enough to preach the gospel, I want you to understand it wasn't easy. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's, it's a dangerous thing to take your model from a man who got arrested for doing what you're now doing. You understand that? But they said, if Paul can preach the gospel, we will preach the gospel. Listen, every one of us has a responsibility to take advantage of whatever circumstance we find ourselves in. I want to tell you something. We've got a fancy term for it we use now. We call it gospel conversations. That's, that's the terminology that we have adopted for this. 
gospel conversations. Finding and making gospel conversations. Now, I want to say to you this morning, there is practically nothing that somebody says to you that with a little fault you can't turn into a gospel conversation. It's a beautiful day today. Yes, it is, because my God is still on the throne, and He gave us this beautiful day. Do you know God? Yeah. That, that, that's practically nothing. Man, this is a good meal right here. Yes, it is. God gave us some good... You can take anything and make it into a gospel conversation. Listen, you can, you can take any circumstance... If Paul can turn being arrested into a gospel conversation, surely to goodness, you and I, who are living in the, in the freest, greatest nation on the earth, we can turn everything into a gospel conversation. Listen, we need to do that with our children. We need to be doing that with our family, our neighbors, total strangers. That young lady, that young man checking out your groceries, your newspaper fella, your mailman, anybody you run into, anybody you talk to, wherever you go, we need to be, Paul says, I have used my circumstances, whatever they were, wherever I was. Again, I went to the temple where the religious people were. And I talked to them about Jesus. How many of you know religious people need to hear about Jesus? Hello? You know religious people need to hear about Jesus? Religious people probably need to hear about Jesus more than anybody. Because they think they're all right. They think they're okay because they're religious. Listen, Paul says, my, whatever circumstance I found myself in, I proclaim the gospel. Not only his circumstances, but look at this, his vast connections. Look with me in verse 15. Paul says, some preached to Christ from envy and rivalry. What Paul was saying here, it's a, we're, we're, we're having a little speculating here on, on exactly the circumstances. But what it appears had happened was the great Paul has now arrived in Rome. And, and I want you to notice some, look, look, look at this, they, they preach, look what it says, it says they, they preach Christ. So they're not false teachers, they're not false, uh, false worshipers, they're preaching Jesus. Okay? But it says they're preaching Jesus from envy and from rivalry or jealousy. What has happened is, is the gospel was already in Rome before Paul got there. And so there were some people there who were preaching who were now jealous of Paul's notoriety. And they were preaching... Um, that they were... I'm trying to figure out how to put this just right. Let's just, let's just say, they were amused that Paul was in prison because their competition was now out of the way. That's what it amounts to. They were afraid that when Paul came to town, their church members would go over to Paul and leave them. Okay? That's the general gist of what's going on here. That, that's the general idea of, of, of what is happening with those people. 
And Paul says about them, look what he says. He says, but others from goodwill. He says there's some legitimate, decent preachers, and then there's some snakes. Okay? Then he says this. He says, the latter do it out of love. He says, knowing that I'm not here, uh, I'm, I'm put here for the defense of the gospel. I'm here to preach the gospel. I'm not here to, 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 to hurt them. The former, the earlier ones, they preach Jesus out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me. And then what does Paul say? What then? Only that in every way, whether in pre- pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Here's Paul. When Paul finds out that there are people preaching Jesus who find his situation funny. Paul says, I don't care. They're preaching Jesus. I don't care as long as they preach Jesus. If they preach Jesus to hurt me, they think they hurt me by preaching Jesus. They're only fooling themselves. As long as they're preaching Jesus, I don't care why they do it. I don't care. And so Paul has said, let's think now, let's take these verses together. Paul says, I'm preaching to the Roman guards. The guards are going out, and they're telling their family and friends. There's bad preachers in town who are preaching for the wrong reason, but praise God, they're preaching the cross. There's good preachers in town, praise God, they're preaching the cross. Paul says, I am going to use whatever it takes I am going to encourage anyone and everyone who I come into contact with to preach the gospel. Paul says, I don't need all the glory. I sit right here in prison and I do my prison ministry. I I just sit right here and let them come to me. I let them bring me some fresh meat and chain them to me every day. And here's the cool thing, it doesn't show up, but if you, if you look at the Greek word there that's used for the chain, it's a short chain. They, they couldn't get away from it. They were right there. It wasn't like they could go into other rooms. They were right there. They had to be there as Paul proclaimed the gospel. Paul says, I'm going, not only am I going to spread the gospel, but I'm going to use everything I can to get everybody else to spread the gospel. You don't have to be a mathematician. How many of you ever heard that thing, that little thing said, would you work for a penny a day for 30 days if they doubled it every day? I can't tell you how much that turns into, but I can tell you for about the first three weeks, you're going to be hungry. Because it don't double real quick, but it does double. And by about the fourth week, you'll be thankful you took that job by the end of the first week, I think you make what? Penny, two, four, eight, sixteen, thirty-two, sixty-four cents on the seventh day. And you're regretting that job. But it keeps going, dollar twenty-eight, two fifty-six, five twelve, ten twenty-four, twenty forty-eight, uh, forty ninety-six, uh, uh, eighty-one ninety-two, you know, it, 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 it picks on up there. And before long, you're talking about making millions. I'm going to tell you something. My job is to encourage you, train you and teach you to go out 
and spread the gospel. Amen. And then your job is to go out and spread the gospel and bring somebody else along with you so they can go out and spread the gospel. So they can go out and spread the gospel. Listen, that's why if you look in, in, in the Bible, you see God's math doesn't add up like ours. God multiplies. God doesn't monkey around much with addition. You know, that addition takes too long. That multiplying, it, it, it speeds things up. And God begins to multiply. And we need to be taking advantage not only of our circumstances, but using our contacts, people we know, Continue the growth of the gospel. How do you, listen, I want you to look around and, and, and just think for a moment about how some of the garbage that is spreading across our country, around our world, is spreading. Social media, media, all those things, they just constantly regurgitate just constantly just bleh, bleh, garbage and then people go out and repeat the garbage and then somebody repeats that and they repeat that the garbage just kind of you know grows on you like a fungus I saw a video this week uh, of the newscasters uh, talking about fall coming and it was funny to, to look at it, and there were newscasters from all over the country. And all of it was like they were all reading the same script. You know, it was like every one of them had heard, and I've seen other videos like that on news. It was like somebody somewhere is writing one news story and then just passing it out and saying, y'all tell this. And it's like they're all telling the same thing, the same way. That's how that garbage spreads. I want to tell you something. The good news will spread the exact same way. The good news will spread the exact same way. If we'll start telling people about Jesus, Paul says, again, Paul told the Roman soldier, the Roman soldier, again, there's no other explanation for the spread of the gospel across Rome but Paul telling the soldier, the soldier telling his wife, the wife telling her mama, her mama telling her neighbor, her neighbor telling her mama, her mama telling her brother, and it just leapfrogged across Rome. There's no other explanation for how the gospel moved across Europe. There's no other explanation for how the gospel came from Europe to the United States other than people telling people, telling people, telling people over and over about the good news of Jesus Christ. And there's only one reason the gospel is not spreading today is because we're not telling people. Through His various circumstances, through His vast connections, but then look at these last couple verses. Paul says in verse uh, 19, Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know 
that through your prayers and uh, the help of the Spirit of Jesus, uh, then we'll, uh, this will turn out for my deliverance, and it's my eager expectation and hope that it will, uh, it will, uh, I will not uh, be at all ashamed, but with full courage, now as always Christ, will be honored in my body, whether in life or by death. Paul says the third way the gospel was spread. First of all, whatever circumstance he found himself in, through any contact he made, whoever he met, wherever he met them, they were going to hear about his Jesus. You count on that. I, I, I don't know this, but I don't believe there's a single person in hell today who can say, I met Paul and he didn't tell me about Jesus. There's probably a lot of people there who can say, I met Paul and I heard him talk about it and I rejected him. But through every contact he made, they heard about Jesus. Let me, let me, let me back up before I go to my third point. Nobody can answer this question but you. Think about it for a moment. This last week, last seven days, all the people you come into contact with, Doctors, nurses, clerks, delivery people, family, friends, neighbors, all the people you came into contact with. What percentage? Five, ten, twenty, zero. What percentage of those people heard about Jesus from you? hundred percent would be a good answer. I don't know what the appropriate answer would be. There's, there's, I don't know that there's a passage in the Bible that I can point to that says it ought to be 50% or 75% or whatever. But I want to ask you this. Between you and God right here, right now, whatever percentage that is in your life, between you and God, not between you and me or you and the person beside of you, but between you and God, are you proud of that percentage? Would God tell you, well done, on that percentage? Or does it break your heart and make your eyes a little watery to know how many people you came into contact this with? How many people you met, how many people you talked to on the phone, in person, online, wherever you can communicate with. And I, again, you communicate with people all kinds of ways, email, social media, all, all the ways you communicated with people. How many of them heard about Jesus from your lips? And finally, Paul says, through my vibrant celebration. I don't want to be ashamed, he says. When this is all said and done, I want to stand at the end of it and lift my hands and say, thank you, Jesus. I want people to know that I'm serving a risen Savior. Can I tell you today the reason many people don't accept the gospel 
is because the people who have it look like they got a case of the plague. They mope and they moan and they groan and they gripe and complain. They look like they've been sucking on persimmons. I've told you before, there's nothing much more sickening than to look up and sing three people sing, Oh, how I love Jesus. It's like you've been beat with a stick. Paul says, if I'm in jail or I'm on the streets, whether they're stoning me, whether they're beating me, whether they're running me out of town, I'm going to praise Jesus anyhow. I've told y'all before, and I hope it's a memory I never lose. Well, Christine Safer. I don't know if anybody in here other than me and Rhonda, my mama even know who I'm talking about. Christine, both legs in braces. She couldn't get up on the platform and sing. She had to sing down on the platform. You know, Christine had come in. And she had a lady that went with her, and she played the piano for her. Christine barely able to get around, and she'd rear her little head back. She 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 looked, Pansy looked tall beside of her. She would, you know, she'd come in, she'd rear her little, I like Pansy, rear her head back. Pansy get, Pansy get up there in the choir. I like to watch Pansy sing about I love, oh, how I love Jesus, because I believe her. I believe her. She looks like it when she sings it. She acts like it the rest of the time. Yeah. I like that. Christine would get up there and she'd rear that head back and she'd sing hallelujah anyhow. Listen, the gospel will grow when people who say they love Jesus act like they love Jesus. When people who say they love Jesus start acting like they love Jesus, no matter their circumstances. Paul wasn't writing from the Jerusalem Hilton. Paul was writing from imprisonment. and said, I'm going to praise Jesus anyway. I'm going to lift Him up wherever I find myself, however I find myself. Anybody in here know somebody who you just dread asking them how they're doing? I literally have some people in my circle of friends who I don't ask that question. Because I feel like after they tell me, I need to go to the doctor. Because I might need a shot myself. I like to ask C.D. how he's doing. Because if you ask C.D. how he's doing, he'll tell you. Basically, I'm going I'm to paraphrase. He says, it don't get no better than this. I like asking Pansy how she's doing. The gospel will spread when it looks inviting on the people who have it. I've used this before, and I'm going to finish with this. If you pulled up in front of a restaurant and somebody come out of the restaurant, <laughs> wouldn't you turn around and go the other way? You'd find you a new place to eat. 
seeing fat, happy people coming out to the restaurant. No, I actually like seeing fat, miserable people coming out. Woo! Yeah, I know they enjoyed what they had. The world ought to know we enjoy Jesus. They ought to know it. They ought to be able to see it. That's how the gospel will grow. It won't grow through more programs at the church. It won't grow through bigger choirs and more preaching. And and all those things are good. Don't get me wrong. But again, if the choir gets up and sings like they're miserable, if the preacher gets up and and, and preaches like he's selling sewage, you know... Who in the world wants that? Listen, Jesus Christ ought to look like the greatest thing ever happened to you. Because He is. The world ought to see it. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. You want the gospel to grow? You want the kingdom of God to expand? Well, I'll just give you three biblical answers. Through our circumstances, through our contacts, and through our celebration. We don't need a new program. We just need to follow Paul's old example. Would you join me this morning? Would you join me at this altar? Would you join me in praying, God, help us make the kingdom of God contagious. In my workplace, in my home, in my neighborhood, help me. Maybe you're here, maybe you're listening online, and the first thing, you know what, listen, you know what you got to do if you want to... We're in the middle of this pandemic and all. You know what ha- has to happen for a person to spread corona? They have to catch it themselves first. Before you can spread the gospel, you got to have it yourself. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to invite you this morning to come. Maybe you've been in church... All your life, maybe you're young, maybe this is your first Sunday here, or first Sunday watching online, you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to show you from God's Word how you can be saved today. How you can know Jesus Christ personally. How you can go to heaven when you leave this world. God, we want the kingdom to expand. Father, we thank you this morning for your Word. We thank you for Paul, for all that he stood for, for all that he did, for his preaching. God, most of all, that as we read your word, we see that his life backed up his preaching. It wasn't just something he talked about. It was how he walked, how he lived. God, help us to have that kind of testimony. We'll give you the honor for it all, which in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand together. Let the gospel spread through me.
my family, to my friends, to the lady that checks out my groceries, to the young man that puts them in a bag, wherever I go. sit down for just one moment. I'll take care of a little uh, family business. Caleb, if you, there you go. How many of you are aware